Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. When somebody's struggling with a pornography addiction, slips will continue to occur until the root cause is identified and resolved. If somebody doesn't understand their triggers, if they don't understand what's driving the addiction or why they're falling back into these old patterns, they will continue to occur even if it's over the course of a few days or weeks or months. The key is to resolve this issue. And in plenty of other podcast episodes in the past, I go over exactly how to identify the root cause, how to target the triggers, how do you work through them, and truly being able to leave this problem behind you. So you can check out some of these other episodes in the past if you want to know how you can more effectively do that. Today, I want to share with you exactly what to do when there is a slip. Because again, as a part of the learning process is identifying where the blind spots are, where the areas are that need attention. And lots of times that can be identified when there's a slip. Now, we're not looking for those. We're not hoping that they happen. You can do plenty of good work without having to first slip. So I want to share with you uh, exactly how you can disclose a slip in a way that will actually help your relationship grow and help you as an individual to grow, even though it's, of course, a painful thing to do. I want to share this with you because I think there are so many people who, after doing some good work over the course of days or weeks or months, if there ever is a setback, the husband oftentimes has a lot of fear of sharing with his wife, hey, I, I, I slipped again. I relapsed. I went back to pornography. I struggled. And it's difficult because, of course, for a few reasons. Number one, they don't want to cause a problem. They don't want to hurt her. They don't want there to be fighting and conflict in the relationship. Number two, they don't want to have the shame of knowing, hey, I, you know, I did this again and I said I wasn't going to do it anymore, but I did it again. So, of course, that feels bad for them. It's just a hard situation all around. And so, in order to make this as productive as possible, we want to share it in a way that will be beneficial instead of it being something that causes more pain and damage without really a resolution. And so, just as a reminder to the husbands, there's only two options. If there's a slip, you either confess or disclose the slip or you're discovered. And there are not very many instances in life where you can say always and never, but this is one of those times where you can say it is always better for you to disclose the slip rather than her finding out on her own. There are so many issues with this second option. If she finds out on her own, it completely will undermine the trust that you're trying to build. It undermines any sense of progress that you're making. It makes her feel more hypervigilant and on edge thinking like, okay, I have to ask the right question. I have to be the one to search this out. I have to look at his phone. I have to do all this stuff because if I don't, he's not going to tell me. And if you want to have a good relationship and you want to have a strong marriage, there has to be that foundation of trust. And it's kind of counterintuitive, but trust can actually be rebuilt when you disclose a slip. I want to explain that briefly. Trust, there's many different aspects to trust. And if a wife has trust, if a husband rather, if a husband discloses, hey, I had a struggle and this is what's going on for me, and he's the one who initiates that conversation, it builds trust in her that if he's ever having a hard time, that he's going to come to her. She doesn't have to, she's not going to be kept in the dark. She's not going to have to go and search around and be a detective, which she doesn't want to do. She's not going to have to do any of that stuff because the trust is going to be rock solid that when he's struggling, he's going to come and tell her and they can work through that together. 
And so it's always going to be better for the husband to disclose that. I just want to emphasize that I cannot underscore that enough. It's absolutely critical. And so I want to give you some steps, some things that you can do as a husband to have that conversation in a way that actually feels like it's going to be productive and to minimize the fighting that results when a slip is disclosed in in so many instances, I want to share with you what you can do. And just a little side note on that. Husbands often get afraid that if I tell my wife, she's going to get so angry with me and I don't want to fight. And yes, there is a concern, of course, that she's going to get hurt and he doesn't want her to feel that pain, that hurt. One thing to keep in mind is that the reason why a wife often gets extremely angry isn't necessarily because of a slip. It's because she had to find it out. So many women that I work with tell me that they can work with, if their husband slips, they don't love that, of course, right? It's, it still can hurt. They're not anticipating or hoping that that happens, but they can work with slips. They cannot work with dishonesty. And so, I, again, I, I can't underscore enough how critical it is for a husband to disclose it. And so this is where I want to share with you a, a framework that you can use. There's three steps that can make this a productive conversation that can actually build trust, that can leave you both feeling with some sense of direction that things can be better and different moving forward. And here's how you can do that. The framework that I like to use with people or that I like to share with people is first the husband acknowledging and having a conversation and him initiating it and telling his wife, hey, I, I need to talk to you about something. I want to be forthcoming and honest with you. And he should say those words, I need to be honest. I want to be transparent. I don't want you to have to worry that I'm not telling you what's going on. I don't want you to have to be kept in the dark. So this is me trying to approach this differently. And not in the sense of him trying to get a pat on the back. That's not what we're going for. We are going for trust being built though. That she doesn't have to worry that she's going to be the one to figure this all out on her own. So he initiates the conversation, tells her that he wants to be honest. And then he tells her what's going on to then follow through on that commitment of being honest. And so this is how you can do this. Number one, you say, this is what happened. And then you're clear about what it was. You don't have to get into all the details of every scene, every picture, everything that was watched. I don't find that that helps women. They just want to know that there's been a breach. There's been a relapse or a slip. They might want to know when it happened or for how long it happened and some details around that. But the content, I I don't really see that being helpful for people. As I've worked with people, a lot of women will tell me afterwards they have searched for all the details to know exactly what was going on and what he was watching and all of that. And then afterwards they say that that didn't help me. Like it actually caused me more pain. So I just recommend sharing that there was a slip. There was a relapse. This is what happened. This is when it happened. Uh, if, if you want to share that, you're welcome to. If she wants to know that, that's that's fine. So I would first say this is what it was. And number two, this is why it happened. When a husband can explain, this was the situation, these were the things that led to it, it makes a world of difference for both of them. Because we, like I said, we don't, we're not seeking out a slip. We never want to encourage those. But for many people, they happen along the way as they're trying to better understand themselves. And as they're getting the tools and the direction that they need to eliminate the slips, Sometimes they happen. And so when they do, we don't want that situation to just go to waste or in other words, not be utilized in a way that moves you forward down the path. 
So the goal, whenever there is a slip or even a trigger, even if there's not even a full-on slip or a relapse, whenever there's a trigger, it's still the same, it's in the same vein. You're just not going all the way down the river, as it were. So whenever there is some kind of a trigger or a slip, we want to identify what happened and why it happened. Because if we can get clear about these, X, this, this, for instance, I, I, I'll give you a client example. I can't tell you how many times when people say, I got triggered because of stress or because of loneliness or because of fear. So whatever the thing is, that's a part of what you're going to want to share with your spouse. And so if it's stress, I would go further with that because stress is way too vague and high level when really there's so much usually that's underneath that. And a lot of guys that I work with will say that they get stressed when really they're saying their own fears of inadequacy show up, right? If they say, I got stressed at work, I fell behind. Spending a little more time unpacking that can go such a long way because once you get clear about what actually the stress is, what was the feeling, what was the what was the experience? What was the thought process? So he might say, I got stressed at work because I fell behind. So go a little further. If you fall behind, what does that mean about you? Well, that means that I'm not capable. That means I might lose my job. So what what's the implication of that? Then if I lose my job, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. And then I'm going to feel like a loser. I'm going to be a total failure. So you go a little further with that to unpack exactly what the feeling is and what's driving that so you have clarity. And then that's where this leads into step number three in the framework, which is share how you're going to address it. It's Those three elements are so critical because that will help both people get on the same page that this is what happened, this is why it happened, and this is how you're going to address it. Because the simple commitment to not do it again is just not enough. Because will that that in other words, all you're saying is I'm just going to try harder, and it's not a matter of trying harder; it's approaching it differently. So that's the distinction: is we want to identify exactly what happened, so you can then do something about it. It's not just I'm going to try harder to not slip, or I'm going to try harder to control my stress, or not let it bother me. That's not the solution. So once you're clear about what it is, let's say it's stress, or, or you know, as we've you know unpacked that a little more. It's really, it's fear. It's a fear of failure. It's in the, in that particular instance. So whatever, whatever it is for you, the key is to identify that. And you take that and say, if I'm afraid of failing, then there's a handful of things that you can do with that. You can have conversations with your spouse to get support. If you're afraid of failing and you get encouragement from somebody and you hear that they believe in you, or if you redefine what failure even is, if you say to yourself, if I fall behind at work, I'm a failure, it's it's so important then to redefine that as failing doesn't mean you're falling behind at work. What if failure meant something different? What if falling behind at work simply meant you need to just improve your time management skills? What if it meant I just need to develop more skills at work to more effectively work through the challenges that I'm dealing with? There's a, a million different options to start to redefine that, but you can identify what the issue is, where the breakdown is, and then you can start to do something about it by approaching it differently once you're clear about what the root of it is. So that's a part of how you can deal with that when it's when it comes to stress or fear of failures. Uh, if it's loneliness, again, the antidote isn't to numb out. The antidote is connection. It's having conversations. It's letting your spouse in and you guys coming together in a different way so you can actually build the relationship, it helps in two ways. Uh, this is the next part of what I wanted to lead into. 
So when people are sharing the slips and talking about why it's happening and the plan that they're going to they're going to uh, implement so it doesn't keep happening again, that's again another way to build trust. And the more you build trust with your spouse and with yourself, confidence in the, the fact that you're going to follow through, you've identified what's happening, you've identified where things went wrong and how you're going to do it differently, she can then start to trust when she sees you follow through. And so this is such a, a helpful framework that I've seen people implement because when they do, not only is the relationship becoming more stabilized as he follows through, but he's then able to address why the slips are happening so they don't keep happening over and over again. And so I get that it's difficult to have these conversations. Again, there's no real easy way to do it. It's, it's, it's just, it's uncomfortable and it's hard and it hurts. And I can empathize with both people. The husband doesn't want to hurt his wife. The wife doesn't want to hear that he had another slip because that's going to be painful for her. And it's it's just a hard conversation to have overall. However, having this kind of conversation goes such a long way to helping you guys move forward instead of her discovering it. And then you fall back into the same exact pattern, the tension, the distance, the hurt that doesn't get resolved because there's no plan. Nothing's different. And unless things are different, it's very hard to rebuild trust. The thing that I want to share with you next is the fear of sharing that she's going to take it wrong and lash out, again, usually is because the one because she's the one who's discovering this. I remember her husband reached out to me and said, like, I just it's really hard for me to talk about this with her because I don't want to cause a problem. If I'm starting to notice a temptation or an urge, I don't really want to tell her because I don't want her to get afraid. There's number two, there's nothing really that she can do, and that's true. She can't make him not feel tempted. And so it kind of just leaves them both in the state of limbo. And so the suggestion and the feedback I always give to people is it's not a matter of sharing, hey, honey, I'm really tempted right now. In, instead of doing that, the best type of share is to tell her what are the feelings that are leading to the temptation. So that goes back along with the lines of in the framework, the bullet point number two, why did the slip happen? Those are the feelings that we want to share with her ahead of time. So that's the framework for if a slip has already occurred. And then moving forward, a part of what you can do to implement this new plan or a new way to approach this is to share with her exactly what you're feeling in the moment that you're feeling it, which is how you're going to avoid a slip in the first place. So let's say going back to that example, the husband is at work, he's having a hard day, he's struggling, he feels like he's a failure, he feels like he's falling behind, he doesn't want to let his family down. There's all this pressure and stress that builds up because of the anxiety that he feels and the fear of letting his family down. Or again, whatever the, whatever the feeling is for him, but we're just using that as an example. Or loneliness or rejection, whatever the feeling is. We want to take that feeling and the best case scenario is to be able to have the conversation with his wife and share that feeling with her ahead of the slip or relapse that happens. Because that is one of the best ways that we can deal with or prevent a struggle or diffuse an urge or temptation is to talk about the feelings that are leading to it. Because if you remember, in, in almost every episode that I talk about this, I just want to reinforce the idea that addiction is a coping mechanism. And so often men are using this as a way to cope with their uncomfortable and painful feelings. So if you can identify what those feelings are and share them with your spouse, 
that's going to be one of the best strategies that you can implement to diffuse the feelings because if he's feeling stressed and not enough and his wife says, I'm here with you. I believe in you. We're going to get through this. It's okay if you have bad days. If you lose your job, we're going to figure this out. We're going to be okay. Or whatever reassurance that she provides him based on the fears or the feelings that he's having, it does two things. Number one, it strengthens the relationship. He has then an experience of my wife's in my corner. She cares about me. I'm not alone. And yes, I know that many husbands and wives know that intellectually and they've had experiences of that in the past. When you're in your fear and you get that reassurance, it's one of the most powerful things that diffuses the fear. And when the fear gets diffused, the temptation and the urge so often disappears because that is the driving force behind it in so many instances are these uncomfortable feelings that we have that we're then turning to some behavior or substance or some means of escaping them. So being able to identify and share them ahead of time, those are the conversations that you want to have. It's not you go home and say, hey, honey, I'm really tempted. In the beginning, I think women want to know that. But the reality is the thing that helps even more isn't necessarily knowing that they're tempted. And whenever I'm working with a couple directly, I encourage them to have a different conversation. It's not around being tempted. It's around the feelings that are driving the temptation. And I find that when people have that type of conversation together, they both feel encouraged. They both feel empowered because the husband is getting support. He's being able to relieve the pressure that he's feeling through conversation which is how we're wired. Again, we're relational beings. We are wired for connection. So having that moment of connection in the pain helps to diffuse that. And then the, the other benefit that happens is the wife feels let in. She doesn't have to wonder, okay, he's quiet today. Is everything okay? Did he slip? Is he hiding something from me? Is he keeping a secret? I don't know what's going on. His silence and distance often ignites her fear that something is wrong. And so when he just directly has that conversation with her and says, this is what's happening for me. I want to let you in. I'm struggling right now. I could use your help. Even just listening is a huge form of helping. And so having that conversation with her helps them both to have the kind of relationship that they want. And again, like I said, it's how he can start to implement a new way of being. Instead of him saying, I'm just going to try harder and not slip, the new way is to let her in. And so I would encourage you as you reflect on your current situation, thinking about wherever you are, if you're noticing as a husband, if you're feeling triggers, if you're feeling urges and temptation, I would encourage you to take a minute to reflect on why, what is the feeling that precedes that? What could be influencing the temptation or trigger? And typically, again, it's on the feeling or emotional level. Sometimes it's on a habit level. And there's another set of strategies to deal with that. But today we're talking about on the feeling level. So I would encourage you to think about and reflect on, okay, what's going on for me right now? I've been having a hard couple of days. Once you identify what those are, that's what I would encourage you to have a conversation with your wife. Now, if you're a wife listening, again, this is a part of how you can start to know what kinds of conversations are going to be beneficial for both of you. So you can both, so you can, you can have those types of talks with him and approach him and say, I just want to check in with you. How have you been feeling? What's been going on? I want to have a relationship together where we can come to each other and share and let each other in because I want to be close to you. And so you being able to have that type of talk with him can also help him to come out of his shell if he's just not used to doing that. So you guys are able to work together ultimately to help not only overcome the addiction, but build the relationship at the same time. 
So I hope this is helpful. I would encourage you to test this out this week. Have a conversation with your spouse. Let them in. Share what's going on. And then notice what happens as a result of having these connections. Notice how's that, how that feels between you two. And notice what that's like for you individually and how that empowers you to then operate and be different, especially when it comes to difficult moments that you might be facing.